Our sermon today is on Philadelphia, from Revelation 3, verses 7 through 13. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Revelation 3, verses 7 through 13. Oops. That's found on page 1,312 in your Black Pew Bible or 1,522 in the Adventure Bible. Revelation 3, verses 7 through 13. They read in Jesus' name. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you, because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Father, (laughs) as we come and meditate on only a small portion of what's going on in this text, I pray that you would bless us and that you would guide us, Lord, and that you would lead us in godliness and righteousness for the sake of your name, that these things might impact us and change us. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so I entitled today's sermon, Patient Endurance, because that's what Philadelphia was known for. That's what they're being commended for, that they're holding on to Christ's teaching about patient endurance. And so as we, as we get started, it's, it's important to note that whenever Jesus reveals himself, the characteristics of Christ that he reveals at the beginning of every one of these letters actually sets the tone for the rest of the letter. And so as Jesus reveals himself as the true one, let's see here, no, the holy one, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. He is showing himself to be the one who has the authority, the one who has the authority to make things happen. So when he says, I'm the holy one, within, within Jewish circles at this time, and, and even until today, um, the Jewish people believed that if they were righteous enough, that God would bless them. Uh, if they were righteous enough as a people, if they followed the law well enough, completely enough, even so far as in one of my commentaries, I have a, a quote. It's my commentary on Second Peter. I have a quote. I don't remember who the author is. I apologize. You can look at it later. Um, there's a quote in there from a first century Jewish rabbi who said, if only one Jew repented rightly, 
God would send the Messiah. And so Jesus shows himself and says, I'm the Holy One. It's through my piety that things happen. So remember when uh, John and Peter were at the beautiful gate in the temple in the book of Acts and they raised and uh, the man was healed, the lame man was healed. And then John was talking or Peter was talking to the Sanhedrin afterwards and he said, it's not through our power and piety that this man was healed. And Kevin, piety. piety. Okay, you missed our Sunday school talk about that. Shame on you. Um, no, I'm joking. Piety is living out your faith. It's so the when God gives us commandments, God gives us do's and don'ts, God gives us shoulds, are we actually living those things out? So you can live those out in two ways. One, it can be legalism, and that's I'm doing this because God told me to and I don't really want to at all. That's what we call legalism. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because God told me to and otherwise I'm going to get hit. Uh, piety is actually, I'm following the commands of God out of a love for God. I, I think that God knows more than I do. I trust God. I, I love God. He knows best. He is, he is seeking what is best for me. And so now I'm living out the commands of God. Now I'm living out my Christianity in piety. And so it's out of love for God, I am doing the works of God. And so that's what piety means. And that's why when Peter is saying, it's not through our power or piety. It's not because of some innate ability that I have, like, you know, some Greek god or something. Or it's not because I am in such a close relationship with Jesus Christ, or with God because of my works that these things are happening. It's, they're happening in the name of Jesus. That's what Peter was saying in the beautiful gate. That's what Jesus is saying here. I am the holy one. I am the pious one. I am the one that makes this stuff happen. It's not because of you. It's because of me. I am the true one. I am the one who speaks and it happens. I am the one who speaks and fulfills his promise. The promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus reveals himself here as the holy one and as the true one, he's revealing to us that he is the one that has the power, the ability, and the desire to make things happen. It's him. And so who are we dependent on is the question. Because he has the keys of David. And that's actually a prophecy from the Old Testament. I'm not going to get into all that. And I'm not even going to give the text because it's a, quite a rabbit trail. So, when Jesus says, I have the keys of David, he's saying, I'm the one that brings the kingdom of God. Where, the king, where I am, the kingdom of God comes because that's what he's opening up. That's what he's making happen. He's making the kingdom of God happen because of his power, because of his right being the holy one, because of his right and his ability being the true one, because he holds the kingdom, the keys of the key. <sighs> I was hoping that I would not run ahead of myself. That he holds the keys of David. He holds the kingdom of God in his hands. It's his. And so when he opens a door, stays open. Why? Because no one's more holy than him. No one's more true than him. No one has the right that he has. He is the one that makes things happen. And so as Christians then, as we're looking at this and how do we apply this, who do we depend on? Do we depend on our own power and piety? Is it my wisdom? Do things grow because of me, my goodness? My, you know, my goodness, do they grow because of me? No. Not at all. Wow, it's amazing how if I just change the tone of that, it really changed the sentence. Um, it's not because of us. We're not the ones that make things happen. We don't have that power. Believe it or not, now I have the power to, to fail, but can God use those failures? 
Yeah, as long as I'm calling out to God. Who are we depending on? Jesus is saying, I'm the one who can be dependent on. You can depend on. And I think that's why we have an ambiguous door here. Jesus doesn't describe exactly what this door is. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door. Just open door. That, the, that and doesn't exist in the Greek. It's just, this is what I've set before you. How many of you, quick question, how many of you have ever, somewhere along the line in your life, and it's possible you haven't, felt frustrated? <laughs> you know what that tells me? That we have a timeline that's not God's timeline. Right? I want things to happen according to Joe's time. God says, I have set before you an open door. Okay. But it's not happening yet. And how do we know it's not happening? We know that the Philadelphia church is working because Jesus says, I know your works. They are aiming for this. And as we've talked about this, like we have to just wait on God. Does that mean we just sit back and say, all right, go ahead, God. Do your thing. We'll just be sitting here waiting. No, that's not what that means. We continue to live out our faith. We continue to live out our Christianity. We continue to seek the doors that he has for us and we walk through those. But he is the one who sets open those doors. He's the one that does that. And so as we're walking in our faith, and this is something that I found very fascinating. I think about that uh, when we prayed that God would open up opportunities for people to share. That as we're looking for those doors and as we're walking in faithfulness, doors open up that we didn't even know existed. We didn't even know they existed and God gave us opportunities here. God gave us opportunities there. We weren't planning on them. But what were we doing? We're asking that God would open up doors and that we might have opportunities. And Jesus says, hey, who am I? I'm the one who makes things happen. I'm the one who opens up doors. So what's our call? It's to walk in faithfulness and wherever he opens up those doors, to walk through those. And I think about the stuff that's happened in your guys' lives, both good things and bad things. You know, I look around this congregation and you guys have had some very difficult, frustrating, interesting, exciting, and encouraging experiences. Right? Sometimes that one experience encompassed all of those. But you know what God's doing? He's opening up doors. What's he calling us to do? To continue to work with patient endurance. This idea of endurance, the, the biblical idea of endurance is that you are standing up under a weight. There is a load on your shoulders. And it, how many of you find it easy to be patient? A- anybody? Nobody's raising their hands. Jim, Jim does. Yes. Thank you, Jim. At least I'm not the only one that's lying. Um. <laughs> no, it's hard to be patient. I want to see things happen. As I was telling my Sunday school class, and it's something I was planning on talking about here, when, when Kirsten and I were first called to Hosanna in 2009, 13 years ago, um, I, I was praying, Lord, what do you want to see happen here at this church? What's my call here? Because pastors do all sorts of different things, and, and I can do so few things, that I thought, well, what, what do you want me to do? Partly because I've only got so much energy and I've got so much time and I've got some, you know, some talents. And so what do you want me to do? And if you actually go in my office and look on the upper left-hand corner of my whiteboard, you'll see that I wrote there and 
I had this on the first whiteboard in my office, and then Jim Penner was nice enough to make that one, and I put it on that one, and it was to build the base. My call in Hosanna was to build a foundation, that we would be a solid congregation, that we would stand firm on the word of God, that we would live it out. That was, that's what I want to see. It's not to make Hosanna huge, wide, and an inch deep. No, that's, I, I don't have those abilities. I'm not exciting. You need exciting preachers for that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm not that. But what are we going for? We want to know the word of God and how to apply it and how to live it out. That's what we do. That's what we do. To build the base so that when those opportunities come that we might have enough knowledge and wisdom to walk through those opportunities. That we might depend on God in such a way that we would walk through those opportunities. That we would know that it's him, not us, that is the one that's powerful. And that's what this is all about. And, but that takes time and that gets frustrating sometimes because it's like, Lord, I'm not seeing the fruit that I want. Jesus says, it takes patient endurance. This is what it takes. Do people change right away? Do people change quickly? No. Very seldom. Something dramatic has to happen in someone's life that they would be so shaken up that they would be willing and able to change quickly. Does that happen? Yeah. Most of the time? I hope not. hope you're not always experiencing an avalanche. So avalanches are interesting things. Powdery snow loses its cohesiveness, moves, and when it stops moving, you know what happens to it? It becomes like concrete. And that's what it is in people's lives. And so during that time of transition, they often are malleable. But once that stops, very seldom malleable. It takes a lot to move things. And so God calls us towards patient endurance. And so when Jesus says here, to him who conquers, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Again, we're not getting into all that. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down from God, from my God out of heaven. Note what he's pointing to. It's like, this is what I'm doing and it's all about God. To the one who conquers, who are we conquering? We're conquering ourselves in this one. We see that conquering of impatience, frustration. We're going to trust God that he's the one that's going to make these things happen. Does that mean that we don't work? No, not at all. But as Jesus is talking to the people of Philadelphia, he's saying, hey, you guys are doing stuff and you're getting frustrated and it's not happening. But you know what? It will happen. I will bring you into a deeper relationship with God because that's what it is all about in the end. It's all about that deeper relationship with God. I will make you a pillar in the temple of God. You will be in his presence all the time. You will never leave it. You will have his name written on you. He will be claiming you. You will have a new name. You will have my name written on you. I claim you as well. And that's that deep relationship that, that's the relationship that makes marriage pale in comparison. Because when ladies are married, what happens? Oftentimes they take their husband's name. In previous days, that was oftentimes seen as the husband is giving his name to his wife. It's not, so nowadays, in, you know, with our modern feminist culture, it's the woman is taking her husband's name, whereas that was never the idea. The idea was that he is given his na- giving his name to her. So he is putting his blessing upon her, saying, this is the one that is my wife. That was the image, and that's the image that Christ is bringing us here. This is the one who is my church. This is the one who is my 
person. This is the one who is my son, my daughter. I am claiming them. So don't lose patience. Don't grow in frustration. Don't live in that. Live in faith in the one who makes things happen. I'm not seeing anything happen though, God. Well, who are you trusting? Whose timeline are you walking in? So as all of you raised your hand about being frustrated at times, what does Christ call us to? Walk in patient endurance. Work under that. Because the ones who walk in that, those are the ones here that Jesus is saying, I will bless them and they will experience God in ways that nobody else does. Does that make sense? This is the promise of God to the church in Philadelphia. And it's, there's all sorts of really interesting things, but I promise that I try to keep today short. So this, this is his call to us. So those of you who have been frustrated, who might be frustrated right now, and who probably will be frustrated in the future, <laughs> what does Christ call us to do? Continue to walk in righteousness and patient endurance trusting that he will open those doors and that we will see them when they're open, that we might walk through them to take the opportunities that he is giving us. And the one who does that will see God in ways that the unpatient one, the one that's not waiting for God, the one that's trying to get it all done themselves, do it all in their own power, do it in the, all in their own wisdom, they don't see God in those ways. And that's sad. Because they're not conquering their frustration and bringing it to Christ. I'll close with a quote from Hudson Taylor. While man works, God rests. When man rests in God, God works. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are powerful in your working. Lord, that you move in this world. We thank you that you have the right to. We thank you that you have the promise to. We thank you that you have the power to. Lord, and so we look to you and ask that you would open up doors for us to share your gospel, to live out Christianity in our lives, to shine your light into this world that is so dark and that needs Jesus. Grant us opportunities to share Jesus, to live for you, whether that be in our homes, whether that be on the streets, whether that be in our church or in our buildings or whatever, whatever business we're in, or that we might live for you and patiently live out godliness in everything we do, that your truth might be made known through us. Lord, we ask this because only you can create this in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our final hymn today is number 247 in your red hymnal. Lord, dismiss us with your blessing.